Is this really going to happen again? It's one game, played five-game series for a reason. That's the beauty of it, so come back Monday, try to get a win. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the postseason clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano coming to you from the Hank Aaron Terrace, the auxiliary press box, and now the gigantic AJC podcast studio. And um, Justin, you heard Matt Olson there say there's no reason to panic, but uh, everybody else in Braves country is probably panicking. And you can't blame them because the specific concerns people had in September on various topics were kind of laid bare a little bit over a few hours of the night. And this happened last year, Jay. The Braves got through it. They can get through it again, but they're now playing from behind again. And this is a good Philly team. We know what they're made of now. To be fair, they didn't get through it last season, but at least they got they didn't get swept. Right. And that's the fear. Right. And I think um, the Braves are adept at bouncing back. They respond. When punched in the mouth, they do not cower. They do not go take their ball and go home. But these Phillies are no joke, man. And tonight they rolled out a version of themselves that I didn't really think could win a postseason game. We'll get into that because the Braves, I don't know if I want to say yet that they're in trouble but their path became a lot more difficult. Yeah, it didn't have a lot of 3 nothing games in this series, but that's what we've got now. And coming up, we'll, we'll discuss uh, how the Braves got the O, the zero, the shutout, and can you blame the lineup change for that? What was Spencer Strider so upset about after his fine start, and can Max Fried put a stop to all this? And the answers to your questions in a very feisty Ask Justin segment. This is your first time listening to the show. We are happy to have you. We're going to be doing podcasts after every Braves postseason game, no matter how long that goes. And we hope you follow every show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. And Kroger Chef Jr. is back. For those that don't know, Kroger Chef Jr. is a guided kids cooking experience at select Kroger locations where your child, this time, will be making a UGA cookie. On October the 21st, each Kroger Chef Jr. is a 30-minute class where your child receives an apron, patch, chef's hat, and UGA cookie cutter, plus a recipe card and holder for just $7 per child. Register your time period today at KrogerChefJr.com. That is Kroger Chef Jr. and Jr. is spelled out. Dot com or click on the link in the show notes. Uh, and OMG, how about them uh, dogs in Georgia Tech with big wins tonight? So it wasn't all bad uh, in the state of Georgia. No, and a, a, an attendance record at Truist Park. Um, our editor, grand. Our editor, Chris Vivlamore, we just mentioned him again. He joked with us for mentioning him a couple times on our podcast. He was out here doing a scene-setting story many hours before the game. And there were plenty of people for him to talk to, so the battery was popping. There was interest, but Jay, the vibe in here was not good. Yeah, and then we'll get to that in a minute, and we'll give Snit the first word here on what he saw tonight. Yeah, I think it was their pitching. I thought um, Suarez did a really good job of mixing, using all of his pitches, kind of, you know, he, he located his fastball really well. The changeup was really good. I mean, he did a great job. Um, you know, I think that's going to happen, and, and I think it was more their pitching than our hitting. Their pitching started with the same guy that it did last year, Ranger Suarez. Last year, he went three and a third innings. This year, surprisingly, he went three and two-thirds innings, and the Phillies again used seven pitchers, tying their own postseason record, 
and won both games. Last year, seven to six. This year, three to nothing. But is this worse than last year? <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, this is, yes, this is worse than last year to answer your question. And here's why. Jay, this is so, this was so winnable. Last year, when we were sitting doing what feels like the same show because of what you just mentioned, Max Fried got jumped on early. And he, he was, was sick. He was not his best, and it showed. That was when we learned that the flu bug was a little harsher than we'd initially thought. The Phillies jumped on him early. They ambushed him. The crowd was taken out of it early. The Braves were down five runs early in the game. They were clawing back against Phillies relievers, and to some success at a yep. couple moments, and they, they did score some runs. This was much worse. The Braves were down a run. They were down two runs. They had their opportunities in the fourth inning, the fifth inning, the sixth inning, and the eighth inning. Nothing. 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position, seven men left on base. And it those and the, the Phillies left seven men on two, but those those men felt irrelevant compared to the Braves. Yeah, and and seven men left on base isn't 11 left on base and no. 0 for 5 isn't 1 for 11 with runners in scoring position, but it was the types of spots it was the spots that we've known the Braves to come through. It was the type of moments when it would bubble up and it would seem like the Braves were going to explode, and they just didn't. And that was the, the biggest stunner from tonight, in my opinion, was every time the Braves looked like they were building it, it just did not happen. You had, in the fourth inning, bases loaded, when Rob Thompson decided to have that quick hook on Ranger Suarez, who was pitching very well, he goes to Jeff Hoffman. And that and was he, before the bases were even loaded. And he walks Marcelo Zuna to load those bases. Yep. Michael Harris strikes out. Uh, a couple innings later, this Acuna, was... Acuna strikes out with two on. And then Riley strikes out after him. Yep. And I thought that was a big one. The biggest one, though... I don't even know if we can fault the Braves for this because Ozzy smoked that ball. Trey Turner made one of the best plays you'll ever see in one of the biggest spots yeah. of a postseason game. Uh, to, to, for those who didn't see it, he dove, flipped it to his second baseman, Bryson Stott, who turned you know, to first and, and got Ozzy uh, for the inning-ending double play. Jay, to break that down, I know, I know we don't have video to show the people, so we're going to try to do a good job at this, but think about how clean not only it has to be to dive and get that ball but also how smooth the gather and the flip have to be you got to flip was, from a low slot yeah, beautiful because he gave bryson stott enough time jay to get ozzy by a step and ozzy's not slow and he wasn't dogging it and that was one of the probably the biggest spot of the game the latest spot of the game at least and it was the story of the night and the braves they just never woke up, and, and they kind of did in spots, but they never became that monster that exploded that we expected them to be. They are turning on the uh, vacuum cleaners here in the uh, AJC podcast studio. Uh, we, we weren't ready for this. We, we, were not, <laughs> we, were, we were not prepared. But, it's a late night. But we're doing our jobs, and so are other people. Yes. So the show must go on, and uh, as they say, that's showbiz, baby. That's exactly right. All right, so we'll go ahead and, and – um, and get to what he came here for. And that's the lineup change. Here's Brian Snicker explaining before the game why he swapped Austin Riley and Ozzy Albans. 
a lot of their heavy leverage guys are left-handed and it just you know just trying to to get the right-handers up there more i mean it's something you know what we've done in the past in the post this is postseason it's this is different than than the last 162 games we played and um you know a big part of their their bullpen are left-handed guys put a pin on that it's different part but here's Snit's thoughts after the game and did the lineup change make anybody uncomfortable I think when you get in the batter's box, they don't know where they're hitting. No, I don't. I mean, it. it you know what? You get in there, and it doesn't matter. No. And here's Austin Riley. This lineup's so talented. I think it. You know, it doesn't matter. I said it. You know, before today is. You know, if we we play our game, it doesn't matter how what kind of lineup you throw out there or what what the calls may be. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take my squad. So, um, you know, just just kind of. You know, like I said, didn't didn't capitalize on you know the few opportunities when we, when, when we had guys in scoring position and and um, you know you know so I uh, just gotta 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 do better you know when when, when those opportunities present themselves. We got more than two hundred comments to your uh, mailbag tweet, and obviously more than half of them were about the lineup. So I'll sum them all up here and just go why. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I understand the reasoning. But it just, and and you know what? I'm going to be honest. I didn't really bat too much of an eye. I, I mean, a lineup change is a lineup change. But are we really going to act like you wouldn't want Austin Riley batting second? I, I mean, it's still a loaded lineup. Austin Riley right behind Ronald Acuna and right in front of Matt Olson. That's your, your probably your three best hitters right there. I, I mean, I don't mind it. I think hindsight's extremely 2020 in this situation, especially because people are frustrated. That's not why they lost, but I will offer you this, Jay. When I was looking at it, it, it kind of, it. I get the left-handed relievers and, and being able to stack your righties, but Ozzy Albies, a switch hitter, is better from the right side against lefties. He basically, he crushes lefties. That, that's, what, that's what confuses it, me. It, well, A, it's different, which to a point I understand, but to a point I don't. And... And you know how many times Austin Riley hit second this year? Zero. One. One. And yeah. that's that's for his entire career. And Ozzy's hitting three ninety one against lefties. That that's why it didn't make sense to me is that you would it nothing's changing. Ozzy crushes lefties. He would be hitting from the, the right side in general. This felt like maybe just getting your third best hitter up in the in the, in the top three. I mean right in front of Olsen, and then I guess Ozzy's switch-hitting capabilities help the lineup, you know, in the middle of the order. Um, but I think this wasn't the reason they lost. It's going to get a lot of attention. I don't know that it's deserved. Like, I honestly don't, and I, I think I mean, maybe, there were seven other guys whose lineup didn't change, and they didn't hit either. It, yeah, and, like, it's – Austin's right. Like, it, it – that's such a talented lineup that – that this should not be the reason why they lose. But here's the thing, Jay. I will say this. Why change it now? Why? That's... I mean, you did. You literally had a historic regular season. I know that. I know you have to look at the postseason being different and each postseason game and series as its own entity. But literally, this is this might ain't, be ain't the issue. <laughs> no, this might be the best lineup that has ever existed in the history of Major League Baseball, depending on how you want to debate and quantify it. Why? That that's the only thing is that 
wouldn't you want the consistency of like like wasn't what about that other lineup wasn't satisfactory? They didn't make the biggest tweak. That wasn't the reason they lost. It wasn't even a top three reason they lost. But I, I just think it. That's why I didn't really bat an eye at it. I was I was kind of like, oh, I, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I guess they know do. something I don't. But all right. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I guess. But the Braves crushed lefties, and, and that's kind of like. I think now looking back at it, it's like, why did a change? Why was a change necessary, even if it was a small tweak? But let's let's be honest. I mean, we talked about in the first segment this offense and the missed opportunities. This is where this game was, and you can even look at you know the man who pitched. He pitched a phenomenal game. He was terrific. This is everything you wanted to see out of him. He gave them a chance to win. There were missed opportunities all over, though. You had the guys left on base. You had at-bats that felt like they just didn't go the Braves' way. The Phillies the Phillies won each at-bat. And what I mean by that is when he needed to make a pitch, Ranger Suarez usually dropped a breaking ball in there, and they were good. Orion Kirkering, a guy who was drafted last year, pitched a scoreless inning against these guys. They used seven pitchers, six of them relievers, it felt like at, at one point every guy coming out of there was 98 to 99. That looks like and, one of the best bullpens in baseball right now. Yeah, and for all that we joked about the Phillies bullpen last year, um, these guys looked incredible. And to win a game with Ranger Suarez on the mound, the lineup tweak, every year there is this, this uh, ugly goat that everybody uses in each loss. And it is just used as the one thing people want to get mad about. And I get that with the lineup. I understand. Like, I question, like, why? Was the regular season not good enough? <laughs> like, was, I mean, why, why? You've, you've used that lineup against lefties before and they crush lefties. But there were so many reasons for this loss that were not that lineup. And I feel like that's getting highlighted in this that if they just hit a little bit better, it's fine. And mind you, some of the missed opportunities were from other guys, not the guys who were switched. And, and I mean, the bottom lineup didn't give you much. Uh, really, no part gave you much. There was a chance to score in that eighth inning. That was their best shot. Um, but, Jay, can we, can we talk about Spencer Strider? What a kind of a fascinating outing if you look at both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, and here's, uh, here's what Spencer had to say about his night. Made a lot of good pitches. Thought we had a good, good game plan. Um, you know, made some good plays defensively to, to get out of some stuff. And, um, you know, the, the homer is uh, kind of is what it is. It was a good pitch, executed. Um, you know, he's a really good hitter. So, um, you know, those type of things will happen. Um, but then the the first run, you know, obviously I don't want to pick off and throw throw the ball away there. But um, just didn't execute a pitch to start. And, you know, he hit the ball the other way. And, uh you know, unfortunately, that was that was all that they needed, and um, you know, I, scoring first is huge. So I, I hate that I deprived us of of that opportunity. Well, only one team scored tonight, so it doesn't really matter when they scored. But that's that's what you wanted from Strider. That was okay. We've seen it. We know you can be elite. That ERA is still a little higher than it should be, but like that, Strider gives up two and seven. Braves win the game. Can I can I interject with our our first little positive moment to get these Braves fans over something it's going to be something from another game the Braves lost 3-0 well tonight uh it'll have been finished when people are listening to this 
Clayton Kershaw didn't make it out of the first inning. He gave up <laughs> six earned runs. He only got one out, Jay. It could be a lot worse. Well, to be fair, Spencer or, uh, or uh, Clayton Kershaw, it's October, so he's not the same guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I think that's the, mo- the most debilitating part of this loss is that it is much worse. Like I said earlier, Max Fried was sick. The Phillies jumped on them. At least Ranger Suarez last year had a huge cushion to work with, and the bully, the Phillies could aggressively deploy their bullpen. Um, I almost called them the bullies. They they kind of were the bullies. To, they are. Tonight. They are right now. I, yeah, I, I mixed my words there, but I think that's the biggest backbreaker. Is you got exactly what you needed from Strider, probably more because you got seven innings, and that was more than a quality start, more than six innings three earned runs, it was seven innings, two runs. And you still couldn't take advantage of it with Ranger Suarez. I think last year, we looked at this, we sat here and did this show, and we were like, okay, not many times Ranger Suarez is going to beat these guys in a game one in this ballpark. It's happened twice now, in consecutive seasons. For them to do it again, with the start they got from Strider, I think that's... that has to be deflating for Braves fans. And I think that's where a lot of the angst comes from. And now a lot of the nervousness is that Spencer Strider gave them all they could have hoped for. um, And they still didn't win. And there were a couple moments that felt, you know, maybe just off. You had the catcher's interference in the eighth, which, by the way, Sean Murphy said that he didn't, you know, he didn't feel it, but he... He touched it. Uh, he heard it. He, he felt the bat nick his glove. Um, or he didn't feel it, but he heard it, and he knew the bat nicked his glove. That's why he didn't argue on replay. The one I look at, though, is Spencer Strider in that, that third inning. You got Bryce Harper on first. Bryson Stott down 0-2. Why? Why was the, why was the pickup? And, and I... It's a lot. It's easy to say why when we're sitting here. We're not To playing. be fair, the Phillies kind of ran all over the place tonight. Yes. And here's the explanation. Strider said after the game that, look, like Harper had run the pitch before. He'd, he'd started running the pitch before. Um, Strider has been working on his pickoffs in an effort to control the running game better, working on some things. Um, and obviously controlling the running game is different in this pitch clock era. And look, he, he made... He made a mistake like that. It happens. He pitched so well. Like, the, I'll give you an example. The guy gave up a double on the first pitch of the game, a double off the wall. Yes, he did. And no runs scored because he rolled two ground balls after that. Yep. Like, he was phenomenal tonight. He Shout was out great. to Kyle Swarber for uh, losing his head and getting thrown out of third. Oh, my God. I know. But it is, it is, you know what's abnormal is that in two postseason starts, Strider has committed two errors. One in each postseason start, both yep. on pickoff attempts. Remember that one in Philly that kind of got under Olsen? I do, I do now, yeah. Olsen's glove. Uh, no errors in the regulars in regular season um, this year. I just think when you look at all of this, Jay, this was the formula to win. This is what I said when we previewed this show. I feel like I, feel like I misled our loyal listeners yesterday because I said to win – and I, I said this on a video with our Sarah Spencer, too. You need two good, you know, dominant performances from Spencer Strider. That's the key. You got one of them, and yep. you didn't win. Yep. And so that's what it, it leaves you at. But I guess, uh, you know, not all hope is lost. Since 2015, I looked this up, since 2015, three teams have won the World Series 
after losing game one of the NLDS. They are the... 20, I know one of them. 2015 Royals, the 2019 Nationals, the underdogs of the century. Yep. And then your 2021 Atlanta Braves, who rebounded in Milwaukee. Jay, here's my fear. This Phillies team is not that Brewers team. No, no, they're not. But coming up, we will go ahead and start looking ahead to game two and what Max Fried's going to have to do to even this series up. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, now don't forget, uh, as, as our editor, uh, Chris, he doesn't want us to talk about him anymore. First name, last name starts with a V. As pointed out, we've got more than a dozen reporters, columnists, photographers, podcast people. That's me uh, here covering the Braves for you in the postseason. And there's there's only one way you can get access to everything that we have to offer. All these great stories, these great analysis, every photo that we take, the great layouts in the e-paper, and on and on and on. That is to become a subscriber to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And right now, you can get six months, a special deal, of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That is six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. All right, now the other big complaint of the night, as we alluded to earlier, was the catcher's interference, which is naturally the first time that's ever happened to the Braves in the postseason. And obviously it, uh, it, it, in, it engendered a bit of a reaction here at Truist Park. No, I mean, we're out there. I mean, that, that's no excuse for that. I, I've been on that field when that's happened, and it's scary because those things, those water bottles, when they come, they're like grenades. And it could really seriously injure a, you know, one of our players. I mean, that, that's just that's uncalled for. Throwing garbage on the field is bad anytime, especially when it's your guys out there but I mean wasn't Ozzie getting thrown out at second and somehow that call not being corrected a bigger a bigger mistake by the umpires than the than the catcher's interference that uh, Sean Murphy admitted to yeah yeah, yeah I don't I didn't feel it but I, I heard it yeah I know and like don't be a loser don't throw trash in the like don't throw things on the field like don't be barbaric like come on just just like it's it's a game, no matter how important it is. It's a game. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know what? The angst from Braves fans after that call, it's also hard to see. They don't show you all the angles on that screen, no. on that big board, and that's what people think is that's the only angle that they're going off of. It's not. Um, and that here's the thing. One, a catcher's interference is incredibly hard to overturn oh, yeah. because it's incredibly difficult to gain with certainty – you know, the certainty that it did not hit the glove. Um, that Aussie one, you know, I 
I thought he was going to be safe. I, 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 I told Cody Chaffins, who was our uh, videographer, it's like, he's in there. Yeah. I, I said, but we've been wrong before. And we were. I, th- I think he snuck his hand in, though. Like, I, I thought yeah. I saw that. But, again, they were showing, you know what, and this is not like it's any of the game operations people doing this on purpose. Right. But they can just show they don't have all the video, you know, all the they're not showing every angle that they see, you know, in New York or, or in the truck or things like that. I, I think most of this was a symptom of a larger issue. And that was the crowd, rightfully so, being frustrated that it could not erupt like it was waiting like you could kind of cut the tension with a knife ever since first pitch like they were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and they tried to get it going they did the chop sometimes like they tried to manufacture something and just every time the Phillies would they just didn't give this one up this was a game Jay that I've seen the Phillies lose a bazillion times covering you know NL East teams they they just hung on like they they showed a lot of gall today like they showed me something that I didn't know that they had at the beginning of last postseason, and somehow they have gained it, developed it. I mean, who knows? They might just look like crap the last three games of the, you know, the next three games, and the Braves might just take them all. Um, but we've we've got ourselves uh, a dogfight here. Going right, forward. And we should have a dogfight on Tuesday because it's going to be Zach Wheeler against Max Fried and what is right now the most famous blister in Atlanta. Yeah, no, we've kind of just been throwing everything we can at it from. Home remedies, uh, something is just, you know, as much as like pickle juice to um, some of the, the medical equipment that we have. So it's it's just more of everybody's everybody's body reacts differently and you just have to try to find what, what works for each individual. See, all right. Yeah, you know what? I think so. But you still don't know how the blister is going to react to that to that start i did like that max said this he said that visually and the way it feels and everything it feels back to normal that's a good sign because if that thing is like back to normal that means theoretically like it shouldn't be able to build up fluid uh on monday when he starts i mean i i think he's i think he's fine i'm gonna be curious to see how it is after that start but he sounded you know he sounded fine um, all the indications from him and Brian Snicker have been positive. Uh, and that's that's a good sign considering after some other news we got today, uh, the Braves, you know, like help help is not walking through that door. They have who they have. Yep, and that is, of course, the news we got that Kyle Wright uh, is going to be – there's a big reason why he's not on this postseason roster is he ain't going to be on the roster next season, it sounds like, either. It's really, you know, disheartening just – for him you know he's he's put in so much work and he's grinded so to hear that um you know you feel for him but I know that he's one of the hardest workers that I've seen he's going to do everything that he can to make sure that he gets back to form and um you know be able to compete and have success here for a long time that was news to Max in the press conference how serious Kyle Wright's injury is so what's going on there that because that came out of nowhere this morning yeah that was actually um kind of at the bottom of the Braves' email announcing their roster and just the moves they had to make to get guys like Daisbell Hernandez onto it. Um, Kyle Wright was placed on the 60-day injured list. That right there in itself ended his postseason. What ended his next season, unfortunately, what ended 2024 for him is um, he's going to need surgery. So what happened, I chatted with Kyle for a couple minutes after the game. 
it it was something that he tried to pitch through in hopes of salvaging something from this season, making the postseason roster, being part of a special run. Once he didn't make the postseason roster, he figured, all right, like right, let's shut this thing down. Time to get it taken care of. He's got perforations, like little holes, in the capsule of his shoulder. So like that part, I think, you know, like around the joint, I believe. I'm not a doctor. But he's got the MRI revealed little perforations, you know, in, in that capsule. Um, and so basically, my understanding is that the doctors, once they go in there, they'll kind of know the severity. They'll be able to see them very, you know, specifically. But, I mean, it, it should be something where he can come back and, and, you know, pitch again. But he sounded pretty sure he's going to be out for all of next year. And, you know, kind of seemed like he'd accepted that possibility. And so that, obviously, like for now, we're talking about the NLDS. But kind of clouds, you know, the rotation picture for next year. But I almost feel shallow talking about that because it, it almost, I don't want to say it clouds Kyle's career outlook. But you really feel bad for a guy like that who won 21 games last year he experienced a breakout season we got to say so many nice things to about him on this podcast last year um and it was just such a joy to cover a season and and watch him you know kind of blossom into a great starter in this league and reach the potential the Braves believed he you know he could when they drafted him so high uh in the first round years ago and to know that he's had this ripped away again that's that's brutal news I know you're not a doctor, so you're not going to pretend to be one on the podcast, but I know the obvious question is, how did we go from postseason roster candidate to with apparently the same situation to we need to have surgery and you're going to be out a whole year? Why not? Why wasn't that conversation had in June when he wasn't pitching? Yeah, I mean. Or was it? My speculation on this, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, he tried to pitch through it and he was trying to get something out of this season when he came because I even talked to him before he came back uh, from that shoulder strain. And he said that the adjustments he made are going to take kind of a load off his shoulder and we're going to help him, you know, pitch and be remain healthy as long as he could far into his career. So I think really he was dealing with this the whole time. Um, and honestly, they probably they probably knew what it was like. That's the way these things work. Here's how it works. And like, I don't know. I've never been in a front office, so I don't know specifically. But what gets released to the media is almost always a fraction of what's actually the case. So the Braves called it, uh, Jay, the, earlier, the Braves called it a right shoulder sprain, right? Or strain. But like, there's always a lot of times like there's cause for inflammation, right? Or cause for a strain. And then that's like... The nitty gritty of it they often don't talk about, which is fair, like privacy things, totally get it. You know, you don't want to release that much um, sometimes. But my feel is that this was something Kyle was trying to pitch through because he wanted to get something out of this season. He wanted to see if he could pitch through it and just kind of make the postseason roster and and thought he could. And it, it sounded like it was bothering him for the most part, you know, as, as he went on. And so it, it, was, it was time. As the as the blowers outside our uh, podcast studio here at the Hank Aaron Terrace uh, wind up, so it's time to begin the uh, Ask Justin segment and um, <laughs> R.I.P. your mentions. But follow you on Twitter at Justin C. Toscano. I think we I think we set a record for replies. Yes, uh, you, well, we definitely did, and we'll start with this one from Kevin S'mores. Uh, this kind of sums up the mood of the room. Nobody cares about your Kroger podcast. 
But you got the sponsor right, and that's all, Kevin, that we that, that matters. So uh, wait, shout out to Kroger. Wait. Go to Kroger.com. Uh, is that the best? Is that one of the best, like, backhanded compliments of all time? Like, really I'm not going to call it one of the best compliments because we've got very loyal listeners who send us a lot of great feedback and a lot of nice things are said about this podcast. We really don't, and this isn't, like, to put a lot of shine on us, we really don't get any quote-unquote haters or, or mean people but this is funny because like it's like nobody cares about the podcast that you apparently know the sponsor of that's am- that's amazing so thank you kevin uh next up from zach where are you headed on vacation next week oh my god See? man all right it, it's not it's too early for that zach it's too early for that i you know what i know I, re- I will reveal my vacation plans when it's time. <laughs> we'll save but, that for but, the end of season podcast. Yeah, but this is Zach. They've got Max Fried on the mound in game two. They can climb out of this. The Braves, it's tough. I'll say this. It's tough to win three out of five against the Atlanta Braves, especially the historical Atlanta Braves. Give these guys a shot. Let's, let's give it some time. All right, from Knox Summer Hour, best lineup in the history of baseball. Why did Snitker change it and... Which one of the nerds upstairs made him do it? So I'll clean it up and ask this question. Is Sit Snit solely responsible for the lineup? You know, that's what always has been assumed. I don't know if this was a change from up above, but Snit, I think, actually has, for the most part, control of his lineup relative to, to most managers in today's game. I don't know about this tweak though like i i'm not sure specifically i would have to do some more digging and reporting on that but i mean snit for the most part has as much autonomy over his lineup as i understand it uh as pretty much any manager in today's game from ryan bowers interested to hear what the adjustment is after a loss like this historic offense goes silent what does the team do to get it going again i don't know i mean i mean the vibe wasn't good in the clubhouse. I like it was it was a postseason loss, so it never is. But it, it was, you know, it's just one of those where it's like, I, I think they feel like it's a missed opportunity because of how well Strider pitched. I think you just that's all you can do. You just have to come back. Like you have to come out Sunday and get whatever work in you need to, and then you have to come out Monday and come out firing. Like that's what made these guys so good is their ability to jump on teams. From literally from the jump, from the first inning, Ronald, I think, again, swung at the first pitch today, right? And uh, was it grounded out? I think yes. the, to begin to begin the bottom of the first, sometimes he hammers that ball. Like these guys are adept at scoring in the first inning and, and really making it tough on teams at a historic pace. Yeah. And they're, oh, by the way, they win most of the time when they score first. And so, like, they, they've just got to come back and do. What they do best, Austin Riley, I think, said it best when he said, you know, a lot of times in these situations, we, just, we you know, you, you can put pressure on yourself. And he said, we just got to come out, you know, not put pressure on ourselves because that can happen a lot and just keep playing our game. This team is good enough. This is not some Cinderella story that, you know, needs to be worried about. For example, the Baltimore Orioles, who I think very highly of. They lost game one holding Texas to three runs, and they lost by a run. You know, they don't. you don't have the playoff cachet with them yet where you know what they're going to be. You know what the Braves can do. They just have to do it, and that's kind of maybe the frustrating thing, but it should also give people hope. So that's what you do is the same exact, maybe not the same exact thing, but they've got to start punishing pitches early in those counts and attacking like they can. 
Braves only got shut out two times this season. The last time was in May. The last time they got shut out on this field was August of 2021. Yeah, that. So of course, naturally, the day they switched the lineup was when they don't score in game that, one of the division series. That pretty much that pretty much says it all, um, and that's why the lineup is going to receive so much scrutiny. Even though I think it's probably overblown, it's it's a symptom of a larger issue. Next up from Mister E, um, something about the Phillies stealing five bases and the Braves only attempting one. Is that a question? Well, no, but it is an astute observation. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think that was a huge part of today's game, and if, even if you look at it. Um, if the Phillies would have had one more hit here or there uh, and capitalized, the situation I'm thinking of is when Bohm and uh, Rio Muto could not come through. Um, well, I guess Rio Muto had the catcher's interference, right? That was, yeah, that was the catcher's interference was with him. But anyways, if the Phillies have a couple more hits here or there and run the bases a little bit like the Schwarber player, they probably score five or six runs. And I think so. I think them being active on the bases was huge. Um, and I, yeah, the Braves, that's what makes them so good is that when Ronald Acuna gets the first base, it's technically a double. Uh, tonight, that didn't happen a lot. And, and there were a lot of guys on first base, as evidenced by the fact that, yeah, Jade, the Braves didn't have a hit with runners in scoring position, but they only had five such at bats. Uh, next up, which uh, is dovetailing off of that from E. Goldie, was the crowd as lifeless in person as it appeared on TV. It felt like everyone was unsettled all night from Snit with the lineup change to the hitters trying to do too much to the fans being tense from the first pitch. Yeah, that was the vibe was kind of taken out of this place pretty. It, it never really got going, right? Like it, it did when they were starting to build something in a couple of those innings, but it. It certainly wasn't like Dodgers 2021 and LCS, right? Or like, you know, games you can... It wasn't... Yeah. It never really got going. You could cut the tension with the knife so it had the potential, but it, it just really seemed... There was an uneasiness about this place tonight. Next up from Jay Thornbuckle. Braves will go to Philly tied at one game each, just like 2022. Who are you starting in game three and tell me why if it's not A.J. smith Shawmer? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Bryce Elder. And my reason being is I have a lot of confidence in AJ Smith Schaffer and what he can do long term. he's not he's not been in that situation yet. I don't know what that's gonna look like for him. Bryce Elder has struggled, yes. But Bryce Elder is also the guy who did so much for you this regular season. Bryce Elder is also the guy who was an all star. Bryce Elder is also the guy who has shown that he can get punched in the mouth and keep pitching. Um, he can get punched in the mouth in the first inning and then give you five and only give up one more run the rest of the way. Uh, you don't, I, I just don't think you have a better option than Elder or Smith Schauber. And I'm going to, you know, I, the Phillies haven't seen Smith Schauber, so maybe that's an advantage. Maybe, you know, the Braves use that. But I just think, look, I, I think, I think Bryce Elder has shown he's got the stomach for a situation like that. And, and that's why I put him in that environment in game three. And you know what? You have a quick hook. That's why you have 12 pitchers for a five, best of five series. Like that, you have a quick hook. You put A.J. smith Shaver can give you length. And then you use the rest of your bullpen guys. If you need Michael Tonkin, you use him. Like if you need length. I mean, I just think that Bryce Elder... I think he's got the stomach for that situation. Not saying that A.J. Smith-Shaver doesn't. I just think Bryce deserves that opportunity. Had two starts against the Phillies, a 338 ERA. Yeah. So not bad. Fine, yeah. Um, and then uh, next up from at Ethan Perry 57. So next year, 
do we give guys days off in the season to hopefully get them used to having days off in the playoffs, just grasping at straws? I don't know, man. I mean, teams that why had the we, layoff are one and three tonight. I know, I know. And and why are we talking about like next year already? I mean, let's <laughs> let's keep no. But you know what is going to be interesting? Let's say the Braves lose. I won't put it up. Maybe that's a reverse jinx. Maybe people should thank me for saying that. Let's say they lose. Let's say the Dodgers lose. MLB is going to take a real hard look at that five game layoff because that will be the second time in as many years that the Braves and the Dodgers, you know, have not come out hot. Let's just say the Braves. Seven game series. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's got to be something. All right. Finally, from Kyle Atkinson, he gets the comment of the night. We win hashtag as one and we definitely suck hashtag as one. Oh, wow. That's uh you know, <laughs> you, you know, win as a team, you lose as a team. You know what? Uh, one of my favorite representative social media moments was this week was that this this perfectly captured it. People were upset at the as one hashtag because they they just didn't like it. Everybody's got opinions on everything, but but yes, tonight was a total team effort uh, in the worst way. All right, so we're done with game one, but we'll be back after game two. Yeah, yeah, it's uh kind of weird having that off day built in, but. I'm not going to lie, like it is right now, it's it's approaching 1 a.m. And you and I probably won't get to bed until three or something like that because we're so wired after doing this. And it's it's nice to know that when I wake up, I will be writing an off day story, but we won't be working for 12 hours again. We got a little bit of a breather. It's it's actually a pretty easy schedule. Yep. So we will see you again after game two. If, if you enjoyed what you heard, despite the outcome, and we thank you for sticking with us for 45 minutes tonight, please tell your friends, tell your enemies, rate, review, follow, share, subscribe, and we'll see you after every postseason game here on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.